You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 22 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features Raj Sumermeyer. He's an international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach who helps people land their dream job and become successful leaders. He has helped countless individuals discover their zone of genius and leverage it to live a life they love. Raj is a sought-after speaker at various conferences and has been featured in numerous podcasts and publications, including Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Addicted to Success, and The Good Men Project. He's also the author of the new book, Skyrocket Your Career. Raj loves traveling with his family in his spare time and discovering new experiences like craft beer. Let's get right into it. Hello and welcome to the Digital Introverts Podcast. Today we have Raj Supermeyer here, uh, here with us uh, from Chicago. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Fantastic. And um, I think we did first, uh, I think we first connected through, was it podcast guests? I don't actually quite remember where we first connected from <laughs> yeah, it was through some website yeah yeah it was, probably, it was one of those websites like uh you know it was either podcastguest.com or podit or uh matchmaker.up i don't even remember it was, it's been a while right so but right. Uh, in any case in any case the most important thing is that we're connected here and we're having this conversation today and uh yeah we're really excited to have you on and to discuss this notion of digital introverts what do you think is the role of an introvert in you know the digital age yeah, sure. So before that, I think it'd be good to give some context for your listeners in terms of how uh, people can still be an introvert and still uh, manage to impact on a big level. So let me set some context here. So I grew up in, of course, from my Texas accent, you know that I was not born in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up uh, in the southern part of India from a place called Chennai. And Chennai is one of the five big cities in India, mm-hmm. uh, which pretty much runs the economy. A lot of money comes from IT from Chennai. And I was the younger of the two kids. And since a young age, I had this inferiority complex that I was not good enough. The, there are multiple reasons for it. But the couple of main reasons uh, worth mentioning was, for one, my uh, dad was a, a super smart guy since he was born. Pretty much he studied in scholarship. And then my brother was uh, a genius where he um, has three masters and a PhD in robotics. And then there I was the average Joe who didn't do that well in academics, right? Yeah. So that was kind of the setting which I grew up in. So because of that, what I started doing was I constantly kept comparing myself with other people and I wanted to emulate other people in terms of an academic excellence standpoint. And People who are listening right now, if you're in an Asian community, you probably get what I'm saying, where your parents have to force you to academics, man, academics, right? And for me growing up, I was given three options, doctor, lawyer, or engineer. (laughs) And you pick one and then go with it. You get what I'm saying. So that's kind of the background I grew up in. And what that led to uh, happening was um, I developed anxiety, stress, And then I had fear of rejection. Even talking to a girl would feel as if I'm going to get a nervous breakdown, right? And that's how I grew up. And this continued for the first 20 years where I was afraid 
to speak up because if I ask questions, people used to make fun of me. And then in the place from where I come from, usually you don't ask questions. You just follow what people say. If you challenge them with a question, then you get ridiculed for it or reprimanded for it. So that's kind of the setting. So Mm -hmm. I grew up as a really shy, introverted kid, just to set some context here. But then I had a trigger event during my second year of my undergrad because I was really tired of living such a life where I was constantly anxious and then people thought I was not good enough and could never do anything noticeable or impactful, right? And I had this trigger event during my second year of my undergrad and that's what kind of transformed my life pretty much. Since then, I've taken so many gradual steps throughout my career where, yes, I was an introvert, but then I pushed myself out of the comfort zone to socialize with people, to adapt to any type of environment and uh, do what I'm doing today where I'm an international keynote speaker, author, and career coach. So just to summarize, I am an introvert by heart, but when people talk to me, they think, uh, I'm super extroverted, but they don't know that, say, if I go to go to a conference and speak in front of thousands of people, and then I talk to people for two days, then I have to come back and for two weeks, I cannot talk to anyone because that's how much I can take, right? So that is kind of my uh, journey of introversion to extroversion and how I cope with things. This is, you know, very, very interesting journey and in that don't want to, you know, say anything bad, but it's, just, it's a very shared experience, I think, for a lot of introverts in the sense that, you know, we grew up very shy, introverted, um, you know, low self-esteem, that kind of thing, right? Socially anxious, all that kind of good stuff, right? <laughs> good, right? So, uh, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, accumulation of life experience, getting more comfortable, especially with our digital world, you just become more extroverted in our own way, right? You know, for yourself, it's, it's being visible, whether it's being on stage, where it's being in front of people, um, you know, doing your speaking, your coaching, all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, it's just, you know, having the opportunity, right, to host the podcast, right? To, for me to, yeah, practice my own public speaking, to share the stories of other introverts, um, all that kind of stuff as well. And so, yeah, I can relate to many different, you know, definitely aspects of your story. Maybe not so, maybe not so much the, the, the whole Asian parent culture thing necessarily. Because my parents were, <laughs> my parents were never really the stereotypical, like, Asian parent in terms of like, no, oh, you must do good academics. I mean, uh-huh. I just, it was more intrinsic. It was more intrinsically motivating for me to motivate myself to do well in academics. Actually, I put I, the pressure on myself <laughs> instead of. Oh my yeah, I know. I remember <laughs> when we initially talked offline. You said you you were actually pretty good in academics. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty, I was pretty good, like in traditional, like memorization based, test based, that kind of thing. Um, my parents never pushed me to any particular career path either. They're like, okay, you know, just do well in school, do what you like, um, and and go from there, kind of thing, right? So. Um, That's good. But I, but, but I, but I do agree. I, I've talked with enough Asian people to know that it is very universal, a mostly universal thing, uh, where academics is very upheld in Asian households. <laughs> right, and it's kind of hilarious for me, and I'm, I'm sure. Uh, a lot of introverts and even non-introverts listening to this podcast could relate to, which is people think that if you're introverted, it means that you cannot talk. It means that. You cannot speak in front of people. It means like they stereotype introverts. They think that introverts have to shut themselves and they don't talk to people, which is totally far from the truth, right? Because I think there are different types of introverts and there's this really good book. Man, of course, I'm drawing a blank right now, which talks about introversion. Which it's one? Speaker. Man. You know who the author is? <laughs> I have to Google it while I'm actually talking to you. But the point <laughs> is uh, they don't realize that uh, introversion could be different categories. So sure, yeah. to me, 
I think I'm a selective extrovert. That's what I would say, because I, I, if, for example, me and you offline, we were talking, but we set up a meeting for 30 minutes, but we were talking for like an hour, hour and a oh, half. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. just kept going. Yeah. We got kept going. That's right. Yeah. I remember. Right. So I think one thing people need to realize is even if you're introverted, it doesn't mean that you cannot do things which other people do. That is one thing. And second thing, which I want to mention was it is kind of really funny when um, I meet people who grew, grew up with me during my childhood. Yeah. They can't believe seeing me and videos in, uh, on websites <laughs> and magazines saying, dude, is it you who's actually talking? The the same person oh, yeah, the same who dude, actually yeah. <laughs> was sweating through his armpits when talking to a girl and then was stuttering. Is it that same person? Yes, it is that same person. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh man, but not, you know, just seeing people transform and change, and that's the beauty of life in general, right? Is that you can change, transform. You know, you don't have to stay the same person or be the same person if you don't want to right if you want to uh you know change and grow you know uh and be an international keynote speaker why not right the only person that can give you permission is yourself so why not go ahead and now i remember that book as well it's called quiet okay yeah good old quiet the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking by susan Kane. It was a really, really great book. For me, to be frank with you, to my taste, it was slightly dry, but she gives really yeah, so good. It's pretty, it's pretty academic, actually. Yeah, yeah. pretty academic, and, but it was really good. So definitely worth checking out. Oh, it's good. I read that book twice. Yeah, it's one of my favorite books. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. It's good. Like I have it somewhere on my bookshelf. But uh, yeah, the first time I read it, it was basically it was that plus her her original TED talk too, right? Uh, that yep. you know really got me interested in this whole area of personality psychology in the first place, and why you know I finally put a name to kind of like who I was. Like you know I can finally put the word introvert right next to describing the whole set of I guess you know feelings and behaviors and and things like that that I've been experiencing since childhood. Right? It was just a very sudden moment of realization. It's like oh, you know, this is why, you know, uh, I'm behaving like this. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not a broken person by any means. <laughs> right. Right? So, yeah. Actually, Brené Brown also talks about, to a certain extent, about these aspects. Of course, she's a vulnerability research and specialist, uh, scientist, yep. whatever yep. you want to call it. But uh, she talks about these kind of things as well. She actually is an introvert. She talks about it as well. Yeah. But literally, she gives keynotes all over the world. And uh, she tells that, yeah, for me, I have to, after a talk, I need to get out from that zone and then have some calmness for a long periods of time so that I could refocus and re-energize and then get back on track. So Right. I, I'm sure that experience for a lot of uh, introverted keynote speakers or international or, or sorry, introverted uh, public speakers, it's kind of the same thing, right? You do this whole you, you prepare for, for a bunch of time, you know, a period of time for a big speech. And then you have to have that, you know, entire downtime as well, right? I'm sure like, for example, when events were in person, you would do, you would deliver your speech or your keynote or whatever it is, your talk. And afterwards you would get that, uh, you know, what I like to call, you know, a post-talk swarm. Like people would come, yep. come and surround you and they want to ask you like a billion questions and they never want to let you go. Um, and I know like I've, speak, I've spoken with so many different keynote speakers who are, you know, who are introverts on the show and they all say, say the same thing. They're like, you know, I appreciate, you know, appreciate everyone who does that, but it's just very tired especially after delivering a big talk right and they just want to go home and sleep or something like that you actually also uh, brought up a good point at the start for discussion life of introverts in a digital world which is kind of your theme of the podcast yep. and it now it's more relevant than ever right with 
COVID, <laughs> it's introverts paradise. That's what some people think. Where oh yeah, well, uh, some people think that. Yeah, that's true. some people think that. And now you engage with everyone via Zoom, and you don't have your video on. You don't need to do that. And then you can mute yourself. You have the power to control the conversation and. I think that has been beneficial for some people. You have social media, so you can engage with people with social media. So for some people, they think, you know what, this is okay with me. But for people like me, for example, I'm an introvert. I uh, miss that human connection because sure. talking to like-minded people, that's what energizes me. And having stimulating conversations and then not being able to hang out with people and then have an experience. That has been pretty hard on me during these times, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening would relate to this kind of experience as well, where they feel detached from people and they want that human connection. Yeah, I think so too. I think like it goes beyond personality also. Like I think extroverts and introverts alike do miss that human connection. It's very natural. It's, uh, you know, we, we didn't evolve to become isolated like this, <laughs> it, it, you know, and so, you know, without our digital tools, for example, we would have been, we so many people would have been miserable uh, in that sense, right? So, right. Uh, you know, that's why, I mean, like, you know, it's not perfect. It's definitely not a no substitute for meeting a person, you know, shaking, you know, someone's hand without the need of fear or whatever the case may be. And yeah, I mean, hopefully we can go back to that soon. But for now, Zoom and other video conferencing software is really what we have right to connect with people so at least uh you know outside of our immediate you know friends and family and, and that kind of thing so yeah definitely another thing which uh, i'm just thinking about which your listeners would find interesting is how experiences can shape an introvert's identity and the future as well like for example i came to the u.s in uh, 2008 <laughs> great timing by the way <laughs> exactly so you you see where i'm getting yeah. at so yeah. i still remember this vividly so i landed at the jfk airport yep august 31st 2008 on september 7 2008 lehman brothers fell the yeah. biggest financial firm in the world they became bankrupt overnight and that kind of uh, started the whole recession like it was the trigger point as well. Yeah, a whole, whole bunch of uh, things whole, collapsing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there I was, this Indian dude on a student <laughs> visa saying, man, I'm going to live my American dream. And then yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> down uh, yeah, in the downward spiral. And yeah. it was hard. It was uh, really hard, especially as an immigrant in the US and trying to get out of my comfort zone to talk to people who I didn't know. It was yeah. a challenge. Yeah, that's true. And then the interesting thing was I didn't have a choice. Because literally I had two options. One is, um, okay, I know getting jobs is really hard. So do my master's, then go back to India. Or the second option was do whatever it takes to stick around and see what happens. Luckily, I chose the second option. And yeah, I think yeah. I'm telling you this where I applied for 1,293 jobs, 1,293 jobs. Oh, yeah, right. I remember starting speaking with the spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I had this whole spreadsheet of the jobs I applied for. Yeah. And then out of that, I got four, F-O-U-R, four yeah. callbacks. Yeah. And out of that callback, four callbacks, I converted 
one one job and that too it was not a full time job but but it was an internship so okay. if you want to be nerdy it's it's a 0.3% conversion rate and yeah. that's where i was and that whole experience taught me different things about myself which i didn't know about where mindset shift where when you shift your mindset from a place of scarcity to abundance place of positivity place of optimistic beliefs, yeah. then something happens. Your actions change, the way you react to things change. And that whole experience made me kind of who I am today because I've carried over that resilience, my positive attitude, my consistency in doing things. And over the past 15 years, pretty much I've used that to propel me to do different things out of my comfort zone as well. Because 2008 was one example. Another example was, of course, since being an introvert, having fear of public speaking, in 2011, I wanted to change that because okay, again, yeah. I was getting tired of that. Yeah. So that's when I decided, you know what? I'm going to spend $3,000 of my own money to go to a software conference, right? And that's what I did. <laughs> okay. And people thought I was crazy because... For people who are listening, just to give you some context, if you either go to a software conference where your company pays for it, or you go there as a speaker, which means the registration fee is waived. So you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what usually happens. But for me, my company was not ready to sponsor me because apparently they ran out of budget. And then I was not a speaker. So I spent $3,000 of my own money. Yeah, out of your own pocket just to go to this thing. Out of my own freaking pocket. And there... I went to the conference and started noticing things where I saw some really great speakers, some really shitty speakers, right? Yeah. It's good to have bad speakers as well because- Oh, no, it's good. You can gauge on, you know, you know, a conference will have everything like in a mixed bag, right? You know, exactly. it's, so, it's so clear who are, who's good and who's not. So, yeah. Exactly. And that's what actually gave me confidence seeing the bad speakers because that's when it occurred to me, I had this uh, epiphany that, uh, you know what? I've always been complaining to people about, I have this fear of public speaking. What better way to get rid of that fear by uh, actually becoming a speaker, right? Yeah. No other way is better than that. Yeah, just, so, just, just face your fear head on, yeah. Yeah, and so I, call, I gathered all this information. I talked to a lot of speakers. So in 2012, I started speaking in small, small meetup groups. Then in 2013, after seven months and 23 trial runs for my first conference talk, I practiced it. I gave my first conference talk and it was voted as the best conference talk of the year. And that kind of propelled who I am today, where I speak at multiple conferences. And as of now, I think I've spoken at over 100 plus conferences, right? So right. why I shared these two stories is another aspect of introversion is when you face different challenges and adversities. And when you think of it as opportunities by shifting your mindset, then you start discovering so many things about you, uh, which will help you make an impact in your life and even other people's lives as well. Mm -hmm. You kind of just have to make the decision for yourself to, you know, I want to move the needle here, right? And want to make an impact now, or am I going to let fear rule over my life and, and dictate what I'm going to do or, or not do, right? Yeah. And like yourself, there came to a point where I was tired of, you know, not, uh, not being able to do public speaking, right? For me, my story was a bit different in the sense that, you know, I've shared this widely, but uh, it's basically how, you know, I decided one day I want, you know, during the last days of high school, I wanted to try out being high school valedictorian for goodness sakes. And so for me, like, that was such an absurd kind of decision for me at the time. It was like, why would I, ever, you know, why is the person who hated doing 
class presentations who, you know, wants to get up in, in front of the uh, whole graduating class of, you know, my, my high school year, you know, that's over 200 people and, you know, try out for this, you know, high school valedictorian thing. And for me, it was just an opportunity, you know, to, uh, to conquer my fear once and for all. Right. So I just mm-hmm. did it. I, I faced it head on. You know, <laughs> you should have seen me. You know, I had, I had my entire, you know, entire written speech right in front of me, kind of, you know, shaking, you know, all the good, good fight or flight symptoms, everything like that. And so I, I, you know, I did it. And afterwards, you know, it just felt like the weight of the world was off of me. Right. Because now, because I was able to do that, I just felt so much more comfortable. It's like, you know, great weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Spoiler alert, even though I didn't get to become valedictorian, I heard, you know, afterwards that people really liked the speech. Right. And that, nice. that you know, people resonated with it. And, uh, you know, I was the quote unquote, I guess, representative of, you know, the voiceless in that sense. I don't know. So, but yeah, that was my experience. Uh, and now it's like, you know, it's not a big deal anymore. I actually want to do more speaking engagements, right? And not less. Right. And now we're doing this podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're so basically doing public speaking, speaking all the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're doing public speaking all the freaking time. That's what fascinates me about introverts is especially like say people like you and other people I talk to where they start from one identity, which they've developed because they make other people's opinions become their reality, right? Yeah. And they start from there. And then through different experiences, they uh, figure out what makes them tick, what makes them bring joy to their work, what makes them make an impact in the community. Right. And that's, I think that's what seems like you went through. And that's what I went through as well. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. You go through that journey. I think everyone or most people go through that journey of uh, realization of, uh, you know, trial and error of what they well really, really want to do, uh, you know, in life and how they're going to, you know, live their most best, you know, authentic versions of themselves. And, uh, you know, that can always change, you know, over time. But, you know, it's really great, especially when introverts can get more confidence, more self-esteem, uh, more conviction in what they do as well because a lot of times number one enemy for introverts is not other people it's themselves right they stand in their own way above of success right there's this quote which keeps me going one thing about me is i'm a sucker for inspirational quotes if you see <laughs> i have inspirational quotes all over the place here yeah one of the things which really connects with me the quote is uh, it's by confucius it, it goes like this we all have two lives. The second one starts when we realize we have only one. We, have, yes. we all have two lives. Yeah. The second one starts when we realize we have only one. Oh my God, mic drop right there. I just get goosebumps just saying it. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. It is so true because uh, if one thing I've learned through this whole journey uh, over the past 35 years is that life is too short, man. Things can change when you least expect it and it could change drastically. So if one co- one thing COVID has taught us is exactly this. Life can turn shitty so fast, so quick before you even know it and before you can- Oh, we got blindsided, it. exactly, yeah. Exactly, and so that's what I've used to actually do things because um, I don't know whether I've uh, kind of explained my background, but I've been through so many different types of job positions because. Yeah, I wanted to explore different types of opportunities because I realized that you get only one life. That's why, of course, I'm a vanilla IT guy, but <laughs> I kind of transitioned though. So I started off uh, doing software development yeah. and then I started leading team. Then I became a manager and then 
I became what is called a developer evangelist. It's a fancy position where you speak at a lot of conferences, do R and D and stuff. Yeah, like all that. that, all that stuff. You're you're basically promoting. You know, exactly, soft, you're soft the face of the yeah. company and promoting the company through yeah. that leadership. You're the PR person, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then finally, I'm doing what I'm doing for the past two plus years, which is uh, tech career coaching, where yep. I discovered that since 2013, where when I talk to different people, when they tell me about their problems and stuff, I used to share my experiences going through similar kind of problems and how I solved them. Yeah. And that started helping people. And then they kept telling me that, dude, you're really good at it. And then they, I got the promotions at companies. And then they used to call me the therapist. My boss used to send me to different teams where shit was going down and people yeah. were finger pointing and they yeah, blaming yeah. each other. There I had to patiently listen to people vent out for like a couple of hours and then slowly, strategically, collaboratively figure out solutions. So I started figuring out that I'm really good at it. and then. I'm doing what I'm doing today where I uh, coach people specifically in the tech industry because that's my background to find their dream job and become successful leaders in the industry. And why I'm sharing this is because um, you have to be open for uh, open to opportunities to figure out what you want to do in life because um, you start from one position doing one thing but then 10, 15 years down the line, you never know how your life would change. So you have to be open to opportunities. You have to remember you get only one life. And then with that life, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to make an impact? Once you uh, reframe your mindset in terms of serving people to lead a better life, and that's when you get true joy and happiness. And Pretty much whatever I do now is kind of aligned with that mission. Of course, I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect. I'm not yeah. Dalai Lama, right? But, <laughs> the, but the point is, once you have a core vision and a mission to impact people, serve people, and help them lead better lives, and I think automatically all the other things follow along with it. Yeah, it's so you know really important for people to discover that for themselves. You know, in terms of having that core, you know, north star that you're that you're aiming towards. Like, what is it that you're really here to do? You know, not you know here to you know necessarily go to school or get your dream job, get married, have kids, retire, get the house, whatever, right? The case may be. You got to have a higher purpose than that, right? For some exactly. people, it's different. Like for me, like I'm still a work in progress in that area as well. I've been thinking about kind of what I want to do with. You know this platform digital introverts and so i i've really thought about that vision and mission and and so you know the mission that i've identified is you know i really want to make digital introverts into a place where i can you know empower a million introverts globally right um which is if you think about it it's a really particular kind of goal it's, it's specific but it's also a million you know think about that number it's simultaneously big and small at the same time and so uh so there's an air approachability but then you know it's also it's pretty surmount, uh, you know, big number to, to to overcome as well. And so, you know, when I, when I reach a million, I can say I can change that to a billion. So, you know, that's that. And then, you know, the second or the vision I thought of is, you know, I really want to become the world's largest community of introverts. Period. You know, and people, you know, can call me crazy all you want, but you know, I, I just set that you know really high bar for myself because you know when I do, I I know that even if I don't make it, I'll be much closer to that goal than say. I just want to, you know, create a small little niche community of introverts, right? So, yeah, that's what I've thought about. Uh, you know, I thought about it for a while. Yeah, and I really am trying to incorporate that into my own, I guess, life mission and vision. But uh, we'll see where it goes, definitely, right? So It seems like a noble 
mission and vision actually and people have to dream big man and that's what helps to drive you and that's why it makes us who we are as humans where we try to see what's the next big thing what can we do with our life right and a similar example is so covid happened this year one of the things which i wanted to do in my bucket list for the past 3 4 years was actually to write a book and i was working doing different things and i uh, never got right time to do it or so that's what i thought right sure yeah and then covid happened and of course i run my own business speaking writing and coaching business and with the speaking <laughs> aspect <laughs> pretty much half of the conference closed down and half of them turned virtual and it totally changed the experience which means that revenue from that aspect it starts to close down and then i had to pivot sure, and yeah. that's when i started thinking about huh okay i know my speaking business is affected and a lot of the portions of my business is also affected so what else can i do because i know my mission is to help people lead better lives through my experiences and speaking so that's kind of what i'm focus on and now with the speaking thing cut off so what do i do right and that's when i decided you know what i've always been thinking that i uh, want to write a book so why don't i just write a book and that's actually it, yeah. <laughs> definitely that actually that's what happened so i wrote a book i started this april and then almost 30 days i finished the majority of the book because every day from 8 to 10 pm i wrote 1500 to 2000 words okay yeah you were super focused yeah yeah i was super focused in midst of taking care of my now 1 year old kid and my wife working full time and we had to manage everything in spite of that i was able to do that and then of course as you write you discover that writing is one thing and then making it publishable is another thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's what has taken me so much time yeah as i was just telling you that uh, i'm super excited that the effort which i put in for the book uh, is finally going to pay off where in mid november is releasing and of course it's about career advancement to start but because my ideal book was going to be my memoir which is my experience of being an immigrant in the us yeah yeah you tell your story that you did at the beginning right right and but then i had to pivot because i already coach people with strategies mind to change to help people find their dream job become successful and then set them miles apart from the competition and that's pretty much what i am and what i've done right i've learned so many different strategies and implemented them in my life which has exponentially increased my salary which has exponentially increased my personal brand and i wanted to share everything in terms of a book but the reason why i'm saying all these things is when you have dreams when you dream big when you have things on your bucket list and if you constantly review them there will be opportunities where when you pivot you can always focus on them and even if you don't reach those dreams through the journey you're going to discover so many different things like for example your one of your mission statement was our vision i should say was to have 1 million followers yeah. or, or i mean 1 million big large <laughs> community Yeah in, yeah exactly or, or like yeah uh, or it's empower million introverts basically if you yeah. don't even to em- exactly yeah. thanks for putting the words in my yeah. mouth so empower million introverts yeah worldwide yeah that's right worldwide even if you don't get 1 million even if you get say 10,000 dude that is such a huge number it's so still that's really big yeah yeah that's what dreaming big gives you there it gives you the motivation to move further and take a journey of faith with 
strategies and of course a structure but as a byproduct of that you're going to learn different things you are still going to make an impact so that's what i learned through my writing experience i never knew one day i'll be an author and uh, similarly for you I would say that uh, I don't see why that goal is not possible. And through having that goal and vision and dreaming big, you are going to achieve so many other things which you didn't even expect to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. And just put yourself into that mindset of, you know, half class full and that, you know, yes, I can do this, right? Even though it sounds might seem outlandish or might uh, seem impossible at the time, you know, if you put, I mean, maybe, you know, we can't actually fly. (laughs) Humans can't fly, but like if you can, you know, what is physically possible? Let's just put it that way. Anything that obeys the laws of physics, yeah, he can definitely do. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> so yeah, you just have to, you know, be that, um, you know, optimistic self. And for me, it was just, it had, had been a huge transition as well, because, you know, I'm, I might still be, you know, one of those most pessimistic people that you can, that you can actually meet, uh, you know, in the sense that, uh, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes quite cynical about how the world is going and, and where we're headed and, and things like that. But, you know, I'm really kind of retraining my mind. You know, I used to be so much more cynical and, and you know, pessimistic, by the way. But, you know, you just have to tra- train your, your, your mindset to see the bright side of things, right? And to know that the world is your oyster. There are many opportunities. There are so many different opportunities if you know where to look and if you know the right people to talk to, right? So, And being open to yeah, that's right. yeah. different opportunities. There's another quote, follow your passion, but take your brain with you. <laughs> Who's that by? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the name, but... A holy, smart person, smart person, yeah. By a smart person, and that is so true, right? Follow your passion, but... Or follow your heart, but we'll take your brain yeah, with you too. Right? And that is so true. So that's why you need to strategize. You need to have a plan. You cannot just blindly do something and say, why am I not seeing results? Because you need to do things and plan it and then go with the strategy in place for whatever you wish and whatever you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you, you have to plan it out accordingly. And, uh, you know, when you do that, right, then you have specific milestones you want to accomplish or that you can hit much easier. Like the path, it's it's basically the difference between going on a camping trip with, you know, the campsite planned out, who you're going with, how much food you're bringing, things like that, versus, you know, randomly hiking in the woods and deciding all of a sudden without any equipment that you're going to camp there, <laughs> you know, for the night, whatever, right? So... That's the difference. Exactly, exactly. Congrats again, I guess, you know, you know, especially on, on your journey of becoming, you know, a soon to be published author as of the time the time of recording. And yeah, how did you how did you get your, your publisher on board actually? I'm just curious. So one thing I discovered, that's a great question about uh, the publisher and stuff. So my book is self-published. So whenever you actually write, there are two pathways. One is traditional publishing. Another one is self-publishing. Traditional publishing, like Random House Publication. Penguin, whatever, you name it. Penguin. They're traditional publishing house. But then you have the other end, which is self-publishing. Like uh, Mel Robbins and other people, they did self-publishing. So they're two different paths. For traditional publishing, you need to approach it in a totally different way. In terms of uh, you don't write a book first, you write a proposal and it's a whole different thing. But I did self-publishing where I wrote the book and there are companies which help you self-publish. There's so many different companies like Amazon helps you. You have Lulu, you have BookBaby, you have so many different. Yeah, there's a lot actually. Right, a lot. So I went with one and as part of that, they help you push your book 
to different online bookstores, different channels, right. but you have to do all the work when it comes to marketing, PR, no, sales, and stuff like that. that. With self-publishing, you have a lot of control. You give the design, you do everything. But you do everything, but you reap all the rewards for it. That's right. Yeah, and it's your book. Now coming to traditional publishing, say Penguin takes sure. you up. What they're going to do is they get a say and what design, how your book is going to be designed, even the book cover, even the words, even the format, even the contents of the book. Everything, they have a yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to sign a contract. So you are pretty much a slave to them. But again, it depends upon... Well, it depends on, uh, your, on your goals too, right? If you want, right, like, right. You know, you want worldwide exposure for your work, that's great. Traditional publishing can do that for you, right? So... Right. But a lot of people are going into the self-publishing world because... Yeah, they are. Yeah, because they want that creative control. And even the big authors are now trying to self-publish their books. And we are seeing a, a large shift in terms of how uh, book authors are uh, publishing their book because uh, self-publishing definitely gives you a lot of flexibility and a lot of freedom. So that's why I wanted to do it. And as you said... What was your focus, right? So traditional publishing, yeah, it could give you fame and uh, because you are backed by a, a big name. But yeah. for me, my focus was to impact people, especially in the career advancement space. Because this is the thing. People currently feel anxious about their job security. They feel they're stuck in their career. Already, there are a lot of people who have lost jobs and they're looking for new jobs. And finally, there are also people who want to make a career change, but they're afraid to take the leap because of the fear of the unknowns. And I was in the exact situation in 2008, as I was explaining to you, right? And over the past 15 years, I learned so many different strategies which transformed my life into a from a shy introverted kid earning a minimum salary into an international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach running a six-figure business. So I want to share these strategies because I'm an average guy. If I can do it, so, so can a lot of people. Yeah. And in this book, I share real-life experiences of how I converted adversities into opportunities. I share different strategies, worksheets, exercises to help anyone land their dream job, become successful in it, and transform into a rock star, setting them miles apart from the competition. In fact, my name of the book is called Skyrocket Your Career, the no bullshit approach to find your dream job, be successful in it, and transform into a rock star. So that's what the book is about. It's going to give you actionable strategies, which I've implemented in my real life, which has helped me get to where I am today, which helped increase my salary by 150%, which helped build my personal brand, which helped in making me a really great speaker, leader, and a communicator. So that's what I share in this book as well. So yeah, overall, I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to impact a lot of people positively because it's giving them actual steps to advance in their career. And it's going to help them realize that the power to make a change is already within them. I just show you some steps to unravel that from your mind and make that into actionable steps, which can help in your transformation as well. But yeah, so I'm doing self-publishing and uh, the book is about career advancement and it's releasing in uh, another three weeks. So it should be available in November for people to pre-order. Perfect. And uh, it'll probably be, uh, you know, out wherever books are sold probably, right? So yeah, it'll be available worldwide. Uh, it's going to start with Amazon. Amazon has uh, an exclusivity class. Okay, so they get it first. Okay. Yeah. They get it first. And then it's going to be available world over and even uh, brick and mortar bookstores as well. 
And uh, yeah, I'm super excited for it. I uh, think it's going to be really impactful. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting it in the hands of as many people as possible and see what they think about it. Right. And I guess like who is the target audience? You know, I'm sure like, you know, it might be fairly obvious. So like, okay, you know, people who are stuck in their career, they want to, you know, make a meaningful lasting change. People maybe, you know, maybe specifically to, to the tech industry and that kind of thing. But you're, if you're envis- envisioning like, you know, the ideal kind of reader, like who, who would it be in your, in your mind? So the ideal audience would be people who are remotely working in some shape or form in the tech industry or trying to get into the tech industry. But the different strategy, which I actually share in the book, applies to any industry. You could be in the hospitality business and still apply these strategies, but people will find more impact and more useful approaches and techniques if they're thinking about getting their foot into IT, or if they're already in IT, then how to grow and be successful in the industry, no matter what the circumstances are. So that's kind of the ideal audience. And the reason, I didn't tell you this though, the reason why I wanted to write such a book where I literally share different strategies in different categories from finding jobs to interviews, salary negotiation, how to ace those things. And then I talk about once you get a job, what to do to make a name for yourself. And then after you are established at your work, how to set yourself miles apart from the competition. And then finally, I talk about how do you have exponential growth, right? So that's kind of the structure of the book. The reason I actually structured it this way and I shared actually strategies with experiences was when I started reading a lot of self-help books and career advancement books, they either talk about experiences or they talk about strategies, but they don't talk about how the experiences weave into these strategies. And that's the gap which I wanted to fill with this book where I share both the experiences and strategies and show how you can implement it in your real life and make that positive transformation. But yeah, that's that's kind of the structure of the book and that's kind of the audience as well, like who should read it. So in just to summarize, if you fit into any of these categories, then this is the right book for you. So if you are stuck in your career and you feel that your work is going unnoticed or if you're at the forking point of your career and you're needing some guidance, or if you have low self-esteem, high self-doubt, and you're lacking confidence and you're looking for some motivation, or if you want to transition into leadership roles. And finally, if you want different actionable techniques, strategies, and approaches to set yourself miles apart from the competition, then this will be the right book for you because that pretty much exactly what I cover. And those categories of people are pretty much my ideal audience as well. Very, very cool. You have a few different ones in there, but uh, they're all very you know, equally valid, right? It's like, it's that kind of, you know, persona, basically like where I was a couple of years ago, actually, you know, I was that, you know, very lost, confused. I didn't know where I wanted to go kind of thing. I did the hard work in terms of, you know, I wish I had this book actually <laughs> you know, at that time, right? To help uh, at least help give me a little bit, if not, you know, a lot of clarity, at least a little bit of clarity, you know, where I wanted to, to go or head towards things like that. And I feel like a lot of people are in that predicament, right? Especially now, actually, right? Whether, you know, they've been furloughed or unemployed or underemployed, right? Whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, they feel disenfranchised. It's like, you know, why is, you know, shaking their fists at the sky? Why is the world that against me? You know, kind of thing. Or feeling like they don't matter, right? That's the other thing, right? They feel like they're out of control, right? You know, in their kind of circumstances. And I mean, to be on- very honest, it kind of is, and, you know, COVID is beyond our control. But what 
is in your control is how you a react to these things and then b what you're going to do next right exactly given the situation like are you going to you know sit there and feel sorry for yourself for years on end or are you going to pick yourself back up and you know look at the bright side of things and yeah move on and chase your new dreams or whatever the case may be so you know definitely pick the latter but for me it took a while too right because i used to be that person who would just mope around all the time you know i was a person too and i can totally relate to what you said because this is a thing and i tell this to people all the time including myself when i'm down you, so you cannot control the circumstances but you can control your your actions under any circumstances right so you are in control of how you react to something that is one thing second thing is your mindset i keep talking about mindset because mindset and belief system is the number one thing which is going to change you or break you right this is a thing if you feel your worth only $50,000 then the way you show up the way you react the way you do things is going to reflect a person who earns $50,000 but if you feel you're worth $200,000 then the way you react show up the way you act the way you do things is going to reflect a person who's earning $200,000 it's all about the mindset it's all about how you show up it's all about your confidence belief system and how you shift your mindset right that's why it's really really important to it's okay to be sad if you get laid up of course because you're human you have to grieve you have to go through those emotions sure, of course yes but yes. once you've passed a certain period of time you have to think about the next phase as you said whether do you want to be in the same state or do you want to do something about it okay if you want to do something about it what are you going to do right and those are some things i explain in the book as well in terms of okay say you're completely lost you don't know what kind of job you can do then i talk about an exercise called the mind dump exercise where you literally even people listening right now can do this take a paper and pen put a line right through the middle of the paper on the left side of the paper write down things you love to do and on the right side of the paper write down things you hate to do and do this for 30 minutes uninterrupted with no slack messaging whatever no interruptions right all those slack those slack messaging things are so annoying anyway oh, they're so freaking annoying man that's a whole new topic don't get me started on that that's a separate podcast yeah that's a separate episode so, in and of itself yeah. workplace yeah. productivity anyways yeah it's productivity and efficiency but the point here is once you actually start writing down things like for example the things you like to do you start seeing different patterns in terms of huh seems like i like to communicate with people huh seems like i could like collaborating with people seems like uh, i like technology uh, seems like i know how to promote products then maybe being in marketing or sales in a tech company could be a right fit for you right i'm just spitballing here but yeah of course is, you can be like the evangelist role yeah or you could be an evangelist so you find different patterns just by writing down things and i know this sounds so simple but the problem is all these things which we want to do is already there in our mind we just have to put it on paper and visually see it and once you also identify the things you hate to do then you know that if you're going to apply for a job or if you're going to change your career you want to make sure it doesn't align with things you hate to do so for example you say you don't want to be micromanage or you could also say you don't like collaborating so then you cannot apply for like a product manager position <laughs> or, or being the chief chef at a freaking restaurant yeah, because yeah. imagine collaborating is key. love without collaborating oh my. right right you cannot sit there in one corner and just cook a chicken while other people are running around right it doesn't work that way so yeah. i know this exercise sounds really simple but trust me for people listening right now just take this time 
uh, and then write down stuff for 30 minutes and you're going to see how powerful it is. And then you can start mapping them down into, okay, based on my strengths, I've identified like six, seven jobs, which I could do. Okay, out of those six, seven jobs, what are the three jobs which I want to focus on first? Okay, out of those three jobs, let me strategize how I'm going to apply for it. For example, in a week, you can say I'm going to apply just for job A for Monday and Tuesday. And Wednesday and Thursday, I'm going to apply for job B. And then Friday and Saturday, I'm going to apply for job C. And then have an Excel sheet. And again, I talk about all these things in my book. But the point is you strategize. Everything is strategy. Because when I, to be frank with you, when I applied for 1,293 jobs, for the first 500 jobs, I had no clue what I was doing because I was just in the state of panic and I was just like, I, I, you know, I need a job. So I'm just going to just need a job. Right. Goal, right. Yeah. But once I didn't hear back from people after the first time the jobs, I knew that something had to be changed. And once I started retrospecting in terms of, okay, what did I do and what didn't work? That's when I figured these strategies. And then for the next 600 odd jobs, I actually maintained an Excel sheet where I strategically map what job I'm applying for, what data I applied for, whether I followed up on them, where's the job link. And literally I had everything. So when a person, a recruiter calls you, you don't have to assume what company or position he or she is calling from. If they say a company name immediately, you can pull out your Google Sheets and figure out what job it is. And then you can change your storytelling the way you reply to that person based on your uh, Excel sheet. But anywho, the point here I was trying to make is, yeah, you need to know where you're going. It's just like Google Maps. You <laughs> yeah. cannot just not put a freaking address and say, man, Google Maps is not working because yes. you are crazy. Google Maps is not crazy. The exact same thing applies to our lives as well. If you don't know what your destination is, how are you going to know what jobs to apply for or what you want to do in your career or what you want to do with your life, right? So those are the things you need to think about. And that's pretty much what I coach people about as well. It literally starts from mindset and belief system first, and then it goes into different strategies because without the right mindset, you cannot do anything. You can spend a lot of money, you can do whatever you want, but unless you change your mindset that you really want that change, how bad do you want it? Once you analyze those things, that's when the real change starts. Because like, I remember this quote again by Helen Keller. She said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Oh my God, that is powerful, man. So that's literally true in real life as well. So just you just have to keep that in mind. It's very simple. You just have to have a direction you want to head into because otherwise you'll be spinning around in circles and circles. You'll be, you know, end up in the same spot, right? It's that kind of analogy as well. As long as you figure out a target and kind of direction you want to head into, then you can all you make the progress however fast or slow you want to make it there. But if you have no direction, you're just going to go through the motions of life, honestly. And, exactly. And, and you, can, you should remember that you can always pivot. So try something. Oh, yeah, you can always change. That's the thing. You know, people think like, oh, you know, if I committed to something, I have to stick to it no matter right. what. But like your life has demonstrated, what my life has demonstrated is that you cannot change all the time if you put your heart to it and your mind to it. So Yeah, because you know your ideal goal. And what are you going to do to reach that goal, right? So for example, from a career coaching standpoint, I have some goals. One of which is this book. And then I have a lot of online courses and a lot of stuff coming up. But in terms of speaking, not a lot of people know this. My ideal goal is to give a TED talk one day. And I'm working. <laughs> that's, towards... my, that's mine too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working towards that. I have a vision. TED talk. I know 
that I can give it. I have a story to say. I have a unique story to say yeah, to inspire yeah. people, right? But you need to explore that because Ted just doesn't randomly. Oh, they're not going to pick up some people. random person from the street. Yeah, they, they won't pick up me right now because they need <laughs> a body of work and it's a whole thing. But what I'm yeah. trying to say is you always have to have a vision. You always have to have a strategy. You always have to plan things out. And yes, you are going to face obstacles. And when you least expect it, you're going to get punched on your face by life and you will be down. But then you just have to stand up and then keep marching. And that's what life is all about. Because we know that life is a bitch. But the point is, you just have to remember also at the same time, a lot of positive things happening in your life. And then that's what you need to focus on whenever you're down. So for example, for me, as I said, I'm a sucker for inspirational quotes. So whenever I'm down, I look at these inspirational quotes because, and I have my mission statement literally right now as I'm talking, it's in front of me. And then uh, I know what my goal is. I know what I have to focus on. And what that also helps us it helps me filter different opportunities. So for example, if someone says, hey, can you build this software tool for me? I'm a techie guy, but I'm not going to do that right now because that's not part of my vision. That's not part of my focus. My focus, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm heading. And of course, during this process, you have to constantly keep retrospecting, introspecting and seeing what is working, what's not. But that is part of the journey. And that's what the greatest leaders, that's what they do. It's not magically overnight they became huge success. It's just that they tried so many different things. For example, Steve Jobs, for that matter, he went and took a calligraphy course. And then he used the things he learned from the calligraphy course to design the keyboards of the Mac. Well, that's why, you know, because of his obsession with aesthetics, obsession. that's why Apple products are, you know, have been touted for their design, right? Exactly. So, so that, so you never know what you're going to learn through the journey. That's what we were talking about throughout this podcast. But because one thing you learn from one place could be useful in another thing. And the only thing you have to keep in mind during this whole process is to have an open mind and try different things. When you try different things, sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen. But if you don't try stuff, nothing happens. So you just have to keep that in mind. You just have to try stuff. Be willing to try stuff. Be willing to fail. Be willing to say that that's okay. This is all part of the learning process, you know, and, and, you know, it's such a great uh, kind of sentiment or uh, ending sentiment to, 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 uh, to end off here today. So I really wanted to thank you again for, you know, coming onto the show for, we had such a huge, like just so many different diverse topics. It's, it's amazing. Right. But that's a part of the, part of the fun in doing these. It's, it's literally just a con- it's just a recorded conversation. You know, people think about podcasts as these, oh, special uh, interviews or esoteric kind of things. But in reality, a lot of them are very unscripted. <laughs> conversations that uh, yeah. you know that you can consume and enjoy right and we had a lot of fun here today so thank you again thanks a lot for having me and i just want to acknowledge you for showing up consistently and then having a purpose and then impacting people you think need to know the stories of other people going through the same journey so i want to acknowledge you for that uh, i wish you all the best you're doing great work and i'm i don't have any doubt that uh, you are going to uh, have a huge following this podcast because yes. there are millions and millions of introverts i'm sure uh, there are. Of, course there. There are. of course there are yeah. and uh, they love to hear other people's stories and get inspired that's what i do 
I hear other people's stories, get inspired. I hear your story. I learn from it, vice versa. And that's how the journey continues. So I appreciate that. And also thanks for having me on this podcast. And uh, yeah, for anyone who wants to connect with me, uh, all my life's work is on my website is rajsubra.com, which is R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. And yes, my new book, Skyrocket Your Career, would be available on Amazon in November. And yeah, if you have any questions, hit me up on LinkedIn because that's where I hang out very regularly on a daily basis, actually. So definitely connect with me there. And uh, yeah, I'd love to make new friends. And from this podcast, you realize that I really love talking to like-minded people about different things. So definitely connect with me. And thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, you already answered my last question. I was going to ask you where people find you. You already answered it. You know, you just anticipated it. You read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's called the introversion radar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we're, we're telepathically uh, telepathically <laughs> connecting there. Uh, well, you know, forget Neuralink, you know, we're already telepathically <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> thank you again and we'll catch up soon. I appreciate it, man. Later. Thanks for listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W. Join the Digital Introverts Community Facebook group at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-G-R-O-U-P and visit the website at digitalintrovertspodcast.com. You can also follow me on all social platforms at Godwin H.S. Chan. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show, and let's change the world quietly.